everyone. It is so good to have you today on Her Influence Podcast. You are going to love what we speak into today. This is Easter week 2020 in our gather world, in our Canadian church context. Everyone is positioning themselves for so much unprecedented kingdom impact. And yet at the same time, our world is spinning, our world is changing, our world is experiencing the deepest grief of the Friday, the waiting of the Saturday, and yet we still absolutely believe in the resurrection power of Sunday, Easter Sunday. So we wanna speak into this current reality in your life right now, in the life of those you love and you lead. And we also wanna just speak truth and hope into this. So I'm joined by my co-hosts, uh, Caitlin and Kathy. My name is Vanessa, and today we just get to speak into the new thing that happens because of Easter. So, why don't you enjoy today? It's a little bit longer than normal, but we just want to invite you into the God thing that is happening this week of 2020, even amidst the current reality we are all experiencing. We love you girls. Thank you for leaning in with us. If Gather can serve you in any way, shape or form, just make sure that you reach out to us because we do not want any single woman of our nation or the nations beyond to be doing this season alone. We love you. Enjoy today. Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, Calling women to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by Women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. We are grateful for our sponsor partnership for Season 3, Horizon College and Seminary, a center of learning dedicated to prepare leaders for Christian life and ministry, located in Saskatoon. Horizon is launching two amazing initiatives in fall of 2020, a Master of Arts in Ministry Leadership, a program that equips both seasoned and aspiring leaders by combining theological studies, leadership training, and hands-on learning, and in partnership with Sisterhood YXE and Lead Women, a women's cohort designed to provide women with a graduate education in ministry leadership that empowers them to bring transformational change to their churches, communities, and world with full or part-time and geographical flexibility. Find out more at horizon.edu. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. Well, this is Easter week in our world here, if you're listening to it currently here, our podcast. But I'm with our co-hosts today to really speak into this revelation that comes with Easter for us personally around the whole power of you in our lives. So hi, Kathy. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, girls. How are you doing? What, how is your current reality going? Well, it changes every day. I mean, the, the area around me, you know, people wearing masks out in public or even um, having 
maybe a little bit more trepidation and not so much stopping and talking on the streets and the news really influences whether you're going to go to bed with fear or with excitement about the next day. So I've just noticed a change, I think, just in the atmosphere. I'm not sure how you girls have in your, in your areas there. Yeah, I feel like I'm beginning to get used of this new, this new reality, this new social reality. It's beginning to feel more like the, the new norms. And so it's a bit of a different space than the first while when everything was just so different and you're kind of just adjusting. But um, it, the, the, the new reality is starting to feel more normal every day. Yeah, I think in the, there's a weariness in my world, maybe that kind of young family world it's uh now home education is coming in where it's been a bit of pressure off uh we're noticing as well just the is this no longer short term so what does this really look like and um to be honest that word exhaustion just continues to kind of come to the forefront and I don't think it's just physical exhaustion I think it's the weariness right that's just setting in a little bit deeper and yet so much good through it. So we're just navigating how to acknowledge the good and acknowledge the, the, the trauma of it as well. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think at the beginning we thought, oh, here's a problem. We can all work together and solve it. But really, it's not a problem to be solved. It's a process to enter and processes take time. And I think that's what so many of us weren't counting on is that oh, this is going to take as long as it takes. I can't just solve it or fix it. And nobody can. And our governments can't. And our, our frontline workers, they're so amazing. But they can't fix it overnight. And so we have to lean into, oh, this will be new. This will be with us for a while. How do we enter this process well? How do I enter it well? It's interesting, Kathy, that you talk about process and uh, that we just have to kind of submit to the process here we don't really have a choice and uh, today we're, we're talking about Easter and we're going to be talking about you know the death burial and resurrection of Jesus and um, the process even of death to life and the ways that we're invited into that and, and for myself this week too there have just been been moments I've had to just recognize that um, the change that's happening around me and and um, at the church that I work at and, um, you know, just life dynamics, it's lots of process and we're all um, entering into that. And it, there is just some comfort know knowing that we're doing that together and we're, um, you know, talking about different strategies and, and ways that people are learning to thrive. And, um, and so there, it's a good thing to be in community and we're very thankful for our gather community listening in today. Yeah, it really is good to have you girls on the journey, just the, the you two online with us and then the girls that are really on this journey with us from Canada and across the world. And so I love, as Caitlin just said, we want to really acknowledge this process to enter. And I think acknowledging this pathway that Jesus took is a great, um, not only a model, but it is our only hope really for this season. So we're going to dive right into that today and I would actually love to just start by speaking over the death of Jesus and really this this hope that there is new in the dying 
And so I put my hand up for this one. I think just personally, I um, am acknowledging so much grief and loss and trauma. I'm part of my more therapeutic background can do that too. I'm not, can't, I'm honestly can't say I'm necessarily processing it well, but aware of it. And so when I look at the death of Jesus, I think the first thing I see, of course, is um, this scripture that promises us in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear. And so even though there's new in the dying and we fear death and we fear loss and we fear change and we um, fear failure, all these things that I kind of acknowledge from this day of Jesus, uh, I, I just want to declare again, and I find over my life, I don't know if the remedy to right now is fear is more faith. I think it's this love that we see here in um, the dying of Jesus and the death of Jesus. And I love Anne Voskamp, she always says, we need, his body was dismembered on our behalf. And we get on days like today and throughout Easter and hopefully all our life and every time we're taking Holy Communion to remember, to put back together his body in our life. And that's what we're doing. We're remembering, we're, we're putting him back together into inviting him into this process. And so the first thing I've been really thinking about is that you in my life comes in acknowledging failure and loss and acknowledging um, the, the, the death that comes with expectation, um, hopes, dreams in this season. I, this morning I woke up and I was looking at my, my dream for 2020 and my dream board and what I was believing for. And it would be easy to just think, you've lost it or you've failed because you can't achieve what you think you were going to achieve. And um, I look at, I look at really what Jesus was doing is he was teaching us in his dying and then his death that what looks like failure or what looks like the revolution they wanted, they wanted the revolutionary leader and warrior to come and conquer for them he was teaching them what looks like failure and loss is where true victory is. And I think one of the keys I'm noticing in my life right now is that um, in this failure and loss, we actually get now the perspective of resurrection that the disciples didn't have. When he um, took his last breath, he thought that they thought that was it for, for them, for him. And maybe right now there looks like um, failure and loss in your life. I'm noticing every day I feel like I'm failing, like it's it's a failure, my response to my kids or my, you know, um, the way I'm reacting to my husband. And I just keep getting invited into this, this crucifixion and this, this, this is not failure. If I can acknowledge where just then I failed, then we're going to find a victory out from it. And it's learning really quickly how to do that. And I believe it's in these hard places of failure. What is failing every day? 
a grief at the loss of a friend right now, a, a, a teacher, um, dreams. Um, we're seeing that Jesus refused to fight back the way that the disciples wanted him to, and I'm having to stop and go, I refuse to fight back the way that someone wants me to. If I post something online and they misunderstand it, I refuse to fight back because there's just so much going on um, in each of us. And so I do believe you comes when we acknowledge um, the way we're failing and that we had a different expectation on what we thought this season was going to be. I think that the new comes when we acknowledge in the dying that there's room for grace. On the day of his death, I actually looked at just um, where he was actually being betrayed by one of his disciples who said, I'll never ever um, deny you. And he just begins to say, you will, you will. And then um, uh, Simon Peter says, no, I never will. And I was reading this again. And then Jesus immediately speaks into in Luke 22 he says I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail and when you've turned back you go and strengthen your brothers right when he knows that Peter is going to deny and he says but when you turn back and I just think when new comes when we just have room and grace for not people's now but what is going to come out of this and Jesus just had that even when he was being betrayed, he could see Peter's future. And right now with all this brokenness and pain and loss and grief, it's easy to look at all the ways also people are failing us and denying giving us what we want. Did the organisation give us what we want? Is the government giving us what we want? Is it is it like denying our presence? Where are we feeling like? who we are is being denied. And yet if we can give grace to when people are betraying us and grace to the anger that um, is coming back at us and think future and think beyond um, to the resurrection where God is going to be at work in people's lives, there's just so much anger right now. Um, I believe when you can die to the bitterness that will come in those betrayal moments, something is going to resurrect in us. And lastly, I believe that the new um, comes when we acknowledge the grief of dying. And, you know, Jesus, when he was in the garden, he was really acknowledging the deep emotional pain that was about to come with his death physically, but also the separation he was about to feel from his father. And we personally, I think, don't do grief well. We're not a culture that does grief well and does loss well. And we don't have um, rhythms for it. We don't have uh, um, we don't have a way of doing grief and loss. And so we need to actually go right down to those core emotions and really acknowledge the grief, the change and the loss. And Jesus did that in that garden, that garden moment, read it again in the scriptures. But he literally went to his father and said, 
all that I am feeling, I'm going to offer it to you right now. And there is, in the dying, we've got to continue to acknowledge um, what is happening on the inside of us. And so I just want to give room for the women that are listening to have those conversations with um, Jesus himself because he identifies with every part of your grief and your loss and your dying. And he says, I understand because I carried that and I took it all the way to the cross. And so acknowledge the emotion, acknowledge the deep, deep trauma that is happening. Sit with it, don't judge it and invite Jesus into it. And I believe new will come in the dying and the letting go. That's brilliant, Vanessa. I love that. New always comes in the dying. Something has to die before something else can come forth out of that. Thank you for that. And so that's Friday. Uh, good Friday. We call it Good Friday. It was the good death of a good God and a good man, both and. And then we move into Saturday. And if we put ourselves back in the real time when it actually happened, they didn't know what to do. I think they had post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yes. Like what just happened? He told us, but we didn't understand it. And so much of what God tells us in the moment, we don't understand until we see it lived out years later in our life. But they didn't truly understand that this is real. This loss is real. I, I see the cross. I, I, saw, I saw what happened. I saw the violence. I saw the anger of the people. I saw everything shift and turn where I thought it was a kingdom here on earth, but it's really ended. And so to carry the grief, to carry the loss, and then move into another day with that, it, the Friday turns into Saturday. And so when we think of grief and loss, something has had to die, but we want to carry that death into the next day. And should we or shouldn't we is the issue um, because Saturday is a new day. What are we going to do with it? And I have a quote from a woman when I was teaching in, um, some years on transition. And she said, transition is the space I drift in and out of. Most days I feel like I'm just putting in time without any sense of purpose. And part of the death of things is when we had expectations about how life was going to be. We could plan our days. We could plan our Saturdays, get the yard work done, plan for service the next day, you know, if we're in church and get things ready for the next thing. But all of a sudden, the next thing has ceased to exist. And so it becomes this transition time where in the, in the beginning, it was exciting. You know, we were all baking bread. But when the flour is no longer on the shelves <clears throat> or when the roots have grown past the point of being able to fix them ourselves, when we're really sensing the true loss of everything that we held dear to us and it's no longer there for us, including our expectations, we become a little bit more not apathetic, but we lose our sense of purpose. Are we just putting in time without any sense of purpose? Because what was before is no longer and we don't know what's coming. But if we know God, we do know, we do know what's coming. We do know we have a secure hope and a purpose, but we just don't know the shape and the feel of it. So we really have to enter this time of Saturday as saying, I know something's coming. 
I just can't feel it. I can't touch it because I've never gone there before. How do I live in the Saturday with integrity? And so this, our Saturdays don't necessarily have to be negative because as we learn to experience our transitions, we actually start to see them as needed and necessary, maybe a wake up call. And we had life going in a certain way for a lot of us. It was great. It was fruitful. But obviously, if that way of life has ceased to exist for us, maybe there's fruit that we haven't been able to access because we haven't had to go through the Saturday to call it out for us, uh, to call it out of us. And so if we reframe this transition, this Saturday as, you know, a desert walking period, drifting in and out, um, spending less time now maybe in in self-discipline and trying new things and more time on the couch sort of letting our mind wander we sort of need to grab back that energy around it even while we're a little bit restless and adopt this um, definition of transition it's actually the catalytic process by which growth occurs Transition is the catalytic process by which growth occurs. So two things can happen. We can give in to our fear. And I know the disciples, I mean, they were wondering, you know, is everything I believed about Jesus really true? Is he who he said he is? Or did some choose to believe Mary? first at the tomb, that, no, I think I'm going to learn in this time. You know, go back and rehearse all of the ways that I changed in Jesus' presence. And how do I want to have this moment not be the end of me, but the birth of something different? So transitions are easier to accept when we see them as normal like you know we're adolescents and then we move into adulthood and then we move into careers and sometimes marriage sometimes not sometimes other things but when they hit us and blindside us and we didn't see it coming and it's like being run over by a Mack truck we have a harder time accepting it because we didn't expect it we can accept things that we expected, but we have a harder time expecting, accepting things that we didn't accept. So if we had solid containers leading, in, leading into this time, if our, health, if our lives were integrated and whole and we had emotional, physical, spiritual, um, and mental resources supporting all of the things that we were doing for the kingdom, then some of us are finding this time, um, you know, just another another um, opportunity to grow deeper in our relationship with God. And we hear a lot of people on social media saying, you know, giving us all of those come deeper with God. And some of us gravitate towards that, but some of us find that, gee, I don't think my container was that healthy even coming into it. I realize all of the misalignment in my life. I realize that there was a real divide between who I showed up as maybe on social media and who I really was on the inside, which was broken with lots of gaps in my life that I didn't have time to pay attention to. And so when your container breaks on the Friday, what do you do on the Saturday? 
and who can pick up those pieces. And I think that's when you ask, okay, I can't fix it. I can't fix it. But I can be involved in the process where I allow God to do his part and I do my part. And I think that's all we have to do is just say, what's my part? God has to actually do the fixing. And we know, you know, if we, those of us who know Christ, we know that what happened on the Sunday was the fixing of all human ailing, all the grief, everything was fixed once and for all. But sometimes we don't live into that, but we're part of the process of also saying, what do I need to align myself to that he's already done for me? And so we have an opportunity, um, you know, and, and it's, it's transitions can be deceiving, even if we know Sunday's coming, because they don't always follow a linear path. Like if I do this, then this will happen. But there are some things that we can do to kind of partner with God to prepare ourselves because who we decide to be on Saturday and the work we do on Saturday will directly impact what we're able to receive in all its fullness on Sunday. So those of us who are still on Saturday on the couch, you know, with the Netflix whining and complaining that it's not fair Sunday won't mean much to us. We'll still find something to, be, to complain about. We'll still want to go back to Egypt and say, but I don't have what I had before. But if we're putting ourselves in the position that Jesus put himself where he said, I consider it all joy, knowing he's going to the cross. For the cross set before him, he went there in a very positive fully centered on God frame of mind and so wherever we go we're going if it's the cross which actually turns out to be our salvation if it's something really difficult if if what we're going to is going to mean a change of everything that we lived and believed about what makes life livable it's the attitude that we adopt on the Saturday that will help us embrace what that Sunday brings to us if we still think, oh, but I can go back, no, nobody goes back. <laughs> nobody goes back to Egypt. And the sooner you can just say, hey, Saturday, I'm not going back to Friday. I'm going to deal with my Friday, deal with my grief, be honest with my emotions, work them out, get the resources I need to support me, not only in the Saturday, but to fully receive in the Sunday what's coming. Because what's happening in the Saturday is the understanding that before something can begin again, we're understanding that something needed to end. And I think when we're carrying our grief with us, yes, we honor it. And yes, we give it space. And yes, we work through what the trauma that's been inflicted really on us, not initiated by us. But we have to at one point say, that was then, that was the ending this is the new beginning and what will prepare me is the space in between because what needs to end well something even healthy things need to be pruned healthy buds healthy branches we're all in ministry girls right <laughs> we're serving our families like what were we not doing that needs to be pruned well 
there were things. <laughs> there were some things, obviously. Also the sick branches that are not growing well, but we just kind of ignore and we focused on the healthy ones and okay, there's some sick ones that we've got to get off the shoots or give some medicine too quick or actually the dead branches that we're taking up space that's needed for the healthy ones. And each of us have one or more of these three types. And so the questions on the Saturday that we can be asking instead of saying, why me? <laughs> why this? Why now? We can be saying, what's going well that actually should end to make room for better things? What's going well that actually should end for better things to happen? And I can tell you for Gather, I can't tell you how many times people said to me, people that I trusted in the hard days that would, that would say, are you willing to lay this down? Would you be willing to walk away? Would you will be willing to give it up? Second question, what's become, what has become identifiably sick that if left unchecked will cause pain? What has become identifiably sick that if left unchecked will cause pain? And then the third one, what has long be since become ineffective and should just be eliminated completely? The thing is we're blind to these things in the hurry of our lives. And Ann Voskamp says, you know, we run like bulls through the china shops of our lives. <laughs> and we break all of the valuable things, but we're so in a hurry and blinded to, oh, wow, that should have been gone long ago. Oh, wow. That needs some attention. Oh, wow, that needed to end. And so if we don't make these necessary endings ourselves, God in his grace and mercy comes in and says, you know what, it's time to allow yourself to end. It's time to allow your codependence with others to end. It's a time to bring down the idols that you have allowed to sort of conveniently make your life work. And so, no, we don't want to go back to Egypt. We don't want to go to the cross, but we have to go somewhere. So let's go forward. So before we move forward, what do we need to do? We need to disengage. We need to become unhinged from the context of everything we've known. Why not? Let's just start fresh. I mean, you know, it's like doing an extreme makeover, a reno, and quit watching the shows. <laughs> just like, what would it look to just say that's ended and disengage from what was. And dismantle, dismantle like the story. Just take it apart chapter by chapter and disidentify like what was your identity? If you're leading a church, but you're home now and you're not with your people, are you still a pastor? <laughs> what is actually your identity if that role has so shifted and you don't have the people in front of you for any of us what does that disidentification mean we actually have to become disenchanted with our life and say maybe part of it was a fairy tale and we have to understand that we're disorientated for a reason because we have to reorientate ourselves to 
a new beginning. And so until we can sort of diss all of these things and one by one, just like peel our fingers off the walls of our old house and let go, we can't lay the foundation for a new one. So this land in between is just asking us this big question. Are you going to go one way? Or are you going to go this way? This Saturday asks us and forces us one way or the other. And girls, I think I'm like you, you know, I don't have anything to lose at this point in life. I just want to go that way. I want to go ahead. I want to go forward. I don't want to be in the fear zone. I want to be not only in the learning zone, but actually I want to be in the growing zone. I want to prepare for the new beginning. I want the old to end and let's just do it. Okay, let's just do it. Let's just go there because Sunday is coming. And I'm not going to pretend, you know, that that it's on hold. I'm going to pretend that I'm doing the work that needs to be done so that I can be ready for the new dream. You know, the new whatever it is, the new transformation, and maybe the new me. And so what I'm going to leave you with are is the word dive. We've got to dive into it. We can't just, you know, like we can't just step hesitantly into it because what follows here is in a shortened time period. This world is not going to be as we know it for a long time. We see the signs. I mean, I believe that. I don't know what you do, but we're getting close to the raw edge where heaven meets earth. So let's dive into the future when we're ready that Caitlin's going to talk about. So we're going to discover what do I really want? What will happen if I don't need to wait for it? What am I going to go for? What do I want? And then I, intentionality, find new rhythms and new ways of living in this zone so that we don't lose our bearings, okay? So that we don't end up on the couch. What are we going to put into place that keeps us intentional? And then V, vigilance, pay attention you can start to make really unhealthy choices on the Saturday and nobody will care. Nobody will see because everybody gives each other a break. Oh, well, it's a pandemic. We're all chilling out. We all get to do it. It's like, no, be vigilant, pay attention. E embrace, stay here as long as possible. You're going to be ready to dive, but resist the urge to get back to business embrace what it is and then when you're ready when god's ready sunday's coming sunday's coming thank you so much kathy the the importance of the saturday we we love to focus on the sunday but the the importance of how we walk through the saturday and what we experience and let ourselves experience in the friday is absolutely essential for the unveiling of a phenomenal sunday in every one of our lives because of what jesus christ has made possible for us on the cross and so like you said kathy there's there's two ways that that we can go and there is one key understanding that gives us everything that we need to go the way that leads to life and i'm so thankful that that key understanding does not depend on you 
or me or doing it good enough or making the best strategic plan or following the best um, recommendations that you're, that you're hearing, that it depends on Jesus and on what he accomplished and what he showed us on the Sunday, on Easter, Easter Sunday. So I'm reading from John 20, starting at verse 11. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels sitting at the head and foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying. Why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they've put him. She glanced over her shoulder and saw someone standing behind her. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him. I'll go, I'll get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned toward him and exclaimed, Teacher, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go and find my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them his message. She gave them his message. At first, when Jesus appears after dying, after this painful process of, of death, and then the waiting on the Saturday, and there's so much unknown. And at first, Jesus himself is standing before Mary and she doesn't recognize him. She thinks he's the gardener. And in our lives, how often we don't recognize God and his presence. And really the key for all of us in this season of unknown and maybe in the kind of Saturday experiencing transition, the key to having everything that it takes to turn in the directions that are going to lead us forward into new life, the key is the recognition of the risen Lord. The recognition. And I don't know about you ladies, but so often, I don't stop to recognize the ways that God is at work in my life and to recognize that he is on my side, that he is always for me and be for me. And the more that I behold him, the more I become like him. Not because of my goodness, because I can see who he is. And in this moment, what does Jesus do? to help Mary recognize him. He calls her by name, Mary, Mary, Mary. Ladies, he calls us by name because he wants us to see who he is for us right now. 
And so when we recognize him right now in this current moment, wherever you are in this present instance, there are three powerful things that are true of you and for you today. And when you recognize these true things, you're going to have everything that it takes to walk towards life. First of all, you are made new. You are completely new. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you are a new creation. The very word new means that something exists that never existed before. This work has been completed for you. And your recognition of that is powerful and very important to give you the hope that it takes to walk forward. The essence of hope is the belief that things can change. So wherever you are, whatever your circumstances are, whatever you're going through, cling to the hope of Jesus Christ. And what he says to you is true. He knows you by name. And the more that you set your hope there, the more that you will be able to walk with him into newness. You are new. Secondly, recognize that it is right now, that you are new right now. Ephesians 2, 6 describes you, child of God, daughter of the King, seated now in the heavenlies, in Jesus, in him, not in a gardener. <laughs> Don't see a gardener that you might not always trust. No, see him, the King of Kings who won't let you down, who won't disappoint you, who will carry you through. Right now you're secure in him and thirdly see and recognize that you are completely known and loved and accepted and that gives you the courage to spend the time recognizing the grief on the friday to wade through the transition and the confusion on saturday because you are known and loved every part of you, the good, the bad, and those parts that might need some work. He knows it all. He sees it all. He accepts it all. There's no need to hide any part. There's full exposure of all things. Psalm 139 says he's knit you together. He put you together so specifically, so wonderfully, so on purpose. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He couldn't know you more intimately and fully accepted, fully loved because of what he accomplished on the cross. And the more that we recognize these things, the more that we know we already have what it takes to walk towards newness the more that we have confidence that as we walk, as we take the hard steps, as we spend the difficult moments on Friday and Saturday, that life is coming. So I will keep walking and putting one foot in front of the other because I've got this hope. And this is the hope that the whole of scripture is really hinged on. That yes, Jesus Christ, he really did come down from heaven. He really did become 100% man 
and remain 100% God so that he really could take on himself every ounce of sin and suffering and shame and nail it to the cross and pay the full price so that right now you can recognize your newness, you can make changes, you can endure transition and discomfort because new life is yours fully right now. And you can begin to walk in new ways into a new future with our King of Kings who will not let us down, ladies, as individuals. And together right now as a collective gather community as a nation, we're headed into newness. And it's so good to be doing it together and nobody gets left behind here. So girls, be encouraging your friends, be speaking these truths over them because we need one another on this journey. And ultimately, I want to leave you with this thought. Vanessa and Kathy, you both beautifully acknowledged the love, the love that it takes, the love that was involved on, on the, the death of Jesus on Friday, the love that he surrounds us with in the waiting, uncomfortable time on Saturday. And he's given us also what it takes not only to turn ourselves towards newness, but to lead in our communities towards the love of Jesus. And he's calling us to lead in our communities in this way. And it is at the very center of his hope message that we would carry that message as Mary did when she heard her name, Mary. She was so motivated to carry all that the, the father had entrusted, all that Jesus was giving her to go spread the message. And so I'm gonna um, finish by reading 1 Corinthians 13, and this is from the message. And this is the description of the way of love that we have been empowered to walk in. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't, reveal, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. This is the call that we have to be love, the living love of God to the people around us right now in the midst of a pandemic, more important than ever, that we would rise up with an overflowing of love to be the hands and feet of this Jesus who calls you by name. Mary, 
Will you recognize what he's saying to you today and all that he's entrusted to you so you can walk into the new? Girls, I love this conversation. I don't feel like we were just giving a thought or a message. We were staring one another in the eyes and speaking into that process. So thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Caitlin. What an incredible opportunity and honour to just be in this moment together and invite so many others into this story. I loved it. I loved, Caitlin, how you reminded us that it's right now. So his life was in the grief. His life is in the waiting and his life, I mean, we already have it. It's not like we even have to wait. I, I just loved it. And I was thinking too, like the things that we want to know is the when, the how, the what, like when is this going to end? But we know the who. Love has a name and it's Jesus. And so we know the who. Thank you to both of you. I've loved this. Girls, thank you so much for your time, wisdom. I do feel like we're just really acknowledging where new comes from and how new is formed. And so we speak that over every single heart and home that is going to sit under the sound of this podcast this week or in the weeks to come because the new is going to keep happening in our lives. Again, it's like a cycle, right? Dying, waiting, um, reviving, resurrecting, dying, waiting again and again. And so we just bless your Easter weekend. And to Caitlin and Kathy as co-hosts of this podcast, thank you for your time. Thanks, Vanessa. God bless everyone. Well, girls, I hope and trust that this message today, a little bit longer than normal, really spoke to your very, very present uh, desire, dream, need, situation that is going on right now as you listen to this, especially if you listen to it in these next few days, then you're going to um, have it speak right into this significance of this Easter week, really, that we are in right now. And those of you that will listen to this later, then we just trust that this revealing of process, the, the dying and the waiting and the reviving and the, the recognising the resurrection would actually be a cycle that happens constantly in our life as followers of Jesus Christ and his way. So thank you for leaning in. Thank you for tuning in to her Influence podcast. I love and adore my co-hosts. They carry such wisdom. Kathy, thank you so much for reminding us again to partner in the process of the waiting. Thank you for the way you speak wisdom. You are wisdom personified. And thank you for teaching us how to dive in this season. And then Caitlin, Thank you so much for teaching us how to recognise the presence of the resurrection. We, uh, you asked us so many great questions. You spoke into the new and the now and the being known and that just made such a, um, a moment of revelation for me that I'll carry with me. And I pray from the beginning of this podcast that you would recognise that new does come in the dying and so we're so grateful to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, if you've called on his name, 
that he's your Lord and your Saviour and he is literally in the dying of your old self, resurrecting new, making so much new out of your life. Those who may not know him yet, I just want to encourage you today, if you've never called on the name of Jesus and asked him to be your Lord and your Saviour, that today would be a great day for salvation to come into your life, into your heart and give you not only hope for your eternity and absolute peace into your present, but forgiveness for your past. And the Bible says that he throws your sin as far as the east is from the west. And today, like the prodigal returning home to the Father, you too can call on the name of Jesus and Romans declares that you shall be saved. What an incredible opportunity you may have this Easter to call on Jesus, the resurrected Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour. So here at Gather, we just love um, doing any kind of life with you that we can as a movement of women from coast to coast across Canada. And we are really excited to actually just um, officially be launching this week the true conference that is happening online May 22nd and 23rd, Gather is hosting our very first ever online conference. What I love about this is this was whispered into our heart months before we ever knew what would be going on in our lives and that we would all be living online. And this online conference is to literally speak what is true, what is now, what is new, the new thing God is doing over your life, over our nation. And there's girls that are planted in the soil of this nation that are going to prophesy and declare over our nation in May. And in May, things will be evolving even more. And we're going to make sure that the words that we bring as um, communicators and hosts and guest speakers into this conference is literally right then and now and fresh and for you. And so why don't you go and register right now for the True Conference online. You can go to gatherwomen.com backslash true, invite a whole bunch of girlfriends, um, host a watch party. You can actually um, either purchase the conference for four days that weekend or you can actually purchase it purchase a year's worth of access so that the next time you're in proximity with people in homes and in um, churches and in universities and all over the place, you could host this conference using every single one of our keynote speakers, ministry, um, artists, so many different people from marketplace, motherhood, um, business world, right into the the church context. We're going to speak over Kingdom Come Here for Canada. So come on, why don't you join us? Go ahead, even now, as you're listening to this, jump online and register for the True Conference online. We cannot wait to actually create a room for you, a safe place for you, safe place to dream dangerous dreams. That's what's going to happen at this conference. And we cannot wait to be there with you. So why don't you go ahead, register now, tell all your girlfriends about it. And we are going to have a very significant time in May. Stay tuned leading up to that for some true conversations. We're going to host some Zoom rooms over the next few weeks with some great conversations about 
how we are navigating this new now that we're in and we're going to just make sure the room is open and authentic and honest and real and very practical for you and your life right, right, right now where you're at. So we love you girls. Thank you for leaning in. Thank you for listening to the little bit lengthier podcast that we've got today from our heart here at um, Her Influence podcast team and all the Gather team that is fast growing interns lead team board we are just so grateful for who you are we love you have an amazing day and may easter be a very very significant time for you thanks for listening to the her influence podcast download and share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss an episode go to gatherwomen.com for show notes resources and events in your area We invite you to join the movement to hear the voices of women represented in equal value and strength in all kingdom conversations, and to see the presence of women in equal value and strength in every area of influence. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.